<laughs> All right, let's get rid of this music and stop. All right, hey guys, how are you doing? Lucia here um, as your weekly host. I am so excited. I have a dear friend of mine here with me today. Um, this person was oh, so amazing whenever we're looking for a place to not just called a church home, but so a place that we could serve and do whatever God was calling us to do at that point. Um, yeah, I had a really strong feeling that God wanted me to be closer to the community where I lived. Um, so we started looking for a church that was closer to home so we can serve. And uh, this was the first person I've met. <laughs> um, so I am so thankful she's here. And you guys are going to have a blast listening to all her awesomeness. Um, so without further ado, Ms. Ronnie. Hi. Hey, guys. Or, how, or, or I, should, I guess I should be like, hey, guys. <laughs> Not that I've listened to like a bunch of your podcast or anything and heard you go every time you start. Hey guys. Hey guys. <laughs> so anyways, um, like you said, my name is Ronnie and uh, we go to church together and we do small group together yes. and our kids are friends together and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, so we're talking about discipleship, right? I just did three weeks and um, we have talked about Kononia and doing life together and going and fulfilling what God has called us to do, which is make disciples. So uh, the reason why Ronnie's here is because her job is literally, literally <laughs> discipleship. Um, yeah. So we're going to start with a little bit of who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, so my, like you said, my official title is sort of discipleship director of ministries at Crosswinds. Um, and uh, so I do work on staff at Crosswinds Church. Uh, we have six kids, uh, four adults and two still at home, a homeschool mom. Um, and I've been in church ever since I was 12. Um, parents took me to church and then I went to college, um, kind of went off the rails a little bit uh, in my college years, um, came back to faith and had somebody begin to pour into me. Uh, fast forward about, I don't know, maybe 10 years from that. And uh, God really started working on my heart to, with this concept of discipleship. Pretty much every time I turned around, um, like every three to four months, I would go to a conference or I'd hear something and it would talk about um, make disciples. And I'm like, okay, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> but then when I really started looking into it, realizing that this, this concept of discipleship um, can totally revolutionize, not just the person you're pouring into, but it totally revolutionizes and transforms you and the person that comes beyond the person that you were spending um, yes. your time with, um, which uh, one of my favorite verses is actually Paul talking to Timothy in second Timothy. He says, Hey, Timothy, the things I've taught you now take those things and teach them to other people who can then teach them to other people. And that's what discipleship in its purest, truest form is all about is about me taking the things I'm learning from Christ, pouring them into somebody else 
so that that person can grow in their faith in Christ so that they can then turn around and share it with somebody else. That's how evangelism of the masses happens most effectively. Could we grab, you know, hundreds of people in a stadium? Yes, that's important. There's a, there's a reason, there's a place for that, but the true learning what it means to be a follower of Jesus happens in those one-on-one conversations or, or two-on-one conversations where you can really dig deep and go, this is what the scripture says. How are you living that out? That's mm-hmm. what discipleship is all about. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and we have talked about a little bit on, you know, doing life together and, you know, there's people that are called to do gospel presentations mm-hmm. Yep. And that's great. Yep. I mean, if you're gifted with that, kudos to you, right? Because yeah. there, there are people that are like just gifted to be like gospel presentation, salvations, and they're done. Right, right. Um, but I think that the nitty-gritty, the hard work is in the discipleship, the pouring in yeah. that you're um, talking about. So I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about how we met. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was looking for a church. <laughs> um, I actually met your kids first. <laughs> so we, uh, and, you know, we we meet people the weirdest ways, right? Because God is so good. And we were looking for a youth group at a church that was local because I was looking for somewhere to serve locally. Um, and we went to this youth group and Ronnie came out. <laughs> So I come to church, right, with my four kids. Did Sadil? Yes, Sophie was there. Yeah, with yeah. my four kids, and um, and she comes out almost running, like, hey, "How are you doing?" Because she's always like high up in energy, <laughs> like her energy level is like, "Woo!" Um, and that was impressive, right? Because it was like, okay, you have thirty people here to know that these people that are walking in are new. Yeah. It's already like impressive. I was like, okay, she's kind of cool. Um, but then throughout the night, this woman remembered not just my name and my husband's name, but my kids' names. Who doesn't? <laughs> you are so gifted. <laughs> and she was calling us by name. Um, and, you know, years ago, I wrote a book that is called um, How to Win Friends and Influence mm-hmm. People, right? Mm-hmm. And it talks about the importance of names and I never really understood that until Mm -hmm. I met you and you were like calling us by name and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so special. (laughs) 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 Maybe she put it on her Yeah, I won't know. I don't want to know. That was a while ago. I remember. I remember back then. It was so cool. Um, But that just really uh, changed what we were looking for. Because we were looking for a place where we could go serve, and instead we felt like we were being served, hmm. and that was so so cool for us. Um, the impact that that night had. You went from uh, I'm looking for a place to serve to a place where I can belong. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's a really great place because when we talk about discipleship, um, discipleship happens best in the context of relationships, mm-hmm. and you have to feel like you are connected and you belong yeah. so that you can open up to the things that God is teaching you so that you can become more like him and his son, Jesus. Yeah. 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 So Rockstar Ronnie. Uh, <laughs> remember that my new moniker? Rockstar Ronnie. <laughs> Rockstar Ronnie. Um, so the kids started going to yeah. youth and um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go give it a 
Go give it a shot. Well, actually, <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was more like, you're here anyway, so why don't you come in and, you know, we'll just pair you with a couple of teenagers and you <laughs> can help lead one of the small groups. And so, that's how it happened. <laughs> so it's funny because at the church that I had been going to for years, and I'm talking like 15 years, um, you have to be plugged in a church for at least a full year before mm. you can start serving. Basically, they want to know, do you fit in? Right. Do we fit for you? Blah, blah, blah. So I come in with this expectation of just sitting and looking pretty for a year. <laughs> well, you are pretty, but um, you have so many gifts and talents. I couldn't let that sit on the sidelines for too long. <laughs> I had been there for, what, six weeks? Yeah, I think that. it was about that. I think it was about and that. And I was like, yeah, so we kind of need you yeah. to take over this. And I was like, oh, teenagers. <laughs> And how about babies? No, nope. she's like, no, nah, no, nope. nah, nope. we're gonna put you in the, the tough, mm -hmm. tough crowd. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but you know, I I think of Isaiah and you know, whenever he's in front of the throne and God's like, Who will I send? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> So I never shy away from someone saying, Hey, can you serve here? Yeah, because I feel like that's God saying, Who am I gonna send? And right. I'm like, me, yeah. Um, I get excited. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in the idea of discipleship, uh, we had talked about being intentional mm -hmm. and being one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. Um, if you had to explain it to someone that has never heard this concept, how yeah. would you explain it? That's, that's great. Um, so you're basically asking me to take like <clears throat> a 30, 30 ton elephant and break it into like little teeny bites like yes. morsels. Yes. Um, so discipleship actually comes from a, uh, the root word disciple and the root of disciple means a student, a person who is learning. And so discipleship, um, I actually wrote it down. It's, um, it's someone who intentionally, intentionally follows Jesus by learning, applying and practicing his teaching, uh, modeling his actions and copying his character traits. Um, so let me break that down. First, a disciple is someone who is intentional. And we'll talk about, um, uh, 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 what do you call them? Um, uh, uh, misconceptions. Yep. Misconceptions in a little bit. Um, intentionality is the number one thing. Uh, number two is somebody who follows Jesus. Um, you can be a disciple of anybody. Um, but when we're talking discipleship, we're talking about being a disciple of Jesus, somebody who intentionally follows Jesus. And what that means is, um, is learning who he is, uh, copying his character traits and modeling after his actions in pursuit of the mission of advancing the kingdom. And so discipleship then is the process by which we learn and do those things. Um, and it's, it's the learning process by which we as believers grow in our faith so that we can accomplish the mission that God has called us to, which we find in Matthew 28, 19, where he says, go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them, and teach them to obey all my commands. That, in a nutshell, is what discipleship is. Yeah, I absolutely love that verse. Uh, we talked about it last week. <clears throat> and it's just the idea of, yes, go get them converted, go get them baptized, but don't leave them hanging, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't leave yeah. them there. That's not the end of the, the Great Commission. Right, but. right. Um, uh, the writer, um, A.W. Tozer, he said it this way, only a disciple can make a disciple. Yeah. 
um, which which follows what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, where he says, imitate me, therefore, as I imitate Christ. So you look at Paul. I mean, I look at Paul and I go, man, that was like the best follower of Jesus yeah. ever. You know, and he says, yeah, follow me. But who am I following? I'm following Christ. Right. I'm imitating Christ. And so for us, we can say the same thing to those that we're discipling. Um, follow me which is a huge responsibility Yes, as I follow Christ. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit when we talk about misconceptions and the hardest part of discipling um, in a little bit. Um, but, but that truly is, if you boil it all down to it, it's what Paul says in first Corinthians 11, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. Um, and so as we are pursuing Christ, we're not just us pursuing it and we're going to arrive at the mountain. It's about, we're going to arrive at, the mountain and we are bringing these people with us right to that place as well right um, and another thing i did wanted to kind of insert in here is um <clears throat> don't think that discipleship starts at salvation yeah it starts like way before that yeah. right yeah. um having relationships with non-believers is very important absolutely because that's how we get people to come to christ yeah um, you know modeling what Christ, not only what he has done for us, but what he wants us to model for all these people. Um, it's, I think, step one. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, without those non-Christian relationships, mm -hmm. how do you bring people? Yeah. Right. You have right. to be in the trenches. Right. Um, so I think that um, for me is one of the things that a lot of Christians like shy away. Like mm -hmm. I'm not going to have mm -hmm. these relationships because it could be, could possibly be bad, bad for me. Well, if you're strong in your belief system, it won't be bad for right, you. Right. It is actually what you're called to do. Um, and how else are you going to model what it means to have the values and attributes and thought patterns of Jesus if you're not doing that in the presence of your neighbors or your coworkers or your friends or your family even? Yeah. Um, you have to, you, you, can't, you can't segment your life so much that you only are like that with your Christian friends, but then you right. totally distance yourself from everybody else in society. That's because then that becomes that whole idea of Christians are good issues, yes. right? Yeah. That oh, those Christians and their, you know, cult or posse right. or whatever you right. want to call right. it, right? Right. Um, because we are separating ourselves as if we're better or right. you know, we're not. We're not. We, we just have a savior. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Right. We're just, right. As, as wicked. Right. We just have, we just have hope. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh -huh. So, all right. So I know that your day-to-day -day is about discipleship. Yeah. So if you had to boil it down, what is the hardest part of discipling? Um, <laughs> so when I, when you first asked me that question and I started thinking about it, the, the, there were two words that came to mind. One was um, intentionality and one was commitment. Um, <clears throat> but the third one that, that actually rose to the surface is actually the, the, the hardest part is that me discipling somebody else actually causes me to grow and be transformed, to be more like his son, like Jesus. Um, because how can it, how can I, there, there's also Jesus talks at, at some point. Um, he basically says that the, that the uh, student can't be more than his master, right. Mm -hmm. um, or his teacher. And there's, there's a lot of truth. I can only teach someone so much about Jesus 
if I'm not, if I'm not learning about Jesus, my own, my own self, I can't, I can't help somebody in their marriage um, because discipleship isn't just about Bible knowledge. <laughs> discipleship yeah. is, is the whole person. Um, my thoughts, my emotions, my behaviors, my, um, my judgmental attitude, mm -hmm. um, my pridefulness, um, all of those things, the way I treat my husband, the way I treat my friends, the way I treat my kids, the way I treat my neighbor, like all of that discipleship is about this whole life, my, living my whole life. Oh, I know what it is. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm cheating because I have it down here. <clears throat> uh, Dallas, <clears throat> excuse me, Dallas Willard um, is another, just one of those authors that he makes your, your brain hurt. Um, but he says, as a disciple, I'm learning from Jesus to live my life as if he would live my life if he were me, which I mean, I know. Right? Right? And so discipleship is about learning how to live my life as if Jesus were living my life. And that's a really tall order. And so, you know, a couple of hard things, just the intentionality, um, which is our number one, um, <clears throat> one of our misconceptions is that it just happens. It, it doesn't, we, we can get together and we can have lunch right. and we can talk and we can right. talk about anything in the world. Right. <clears throat> and that's easy. We can talk about the kids we can talk about the weather. We can talk about the political nonsense, whatever, whatever we want to talk about. But, but taking that conversation to the next level of going, what is God teaching you? What, what is God stirring in your heart right now? Where are you? Here's asking the hard questions. Where are you not obeying Jesus? Now, those questions just took it to a whole completely different level of intentionality yeah. and commitment and saying, I love you enough to hold your feet to the fire because mm -hmm. God is calling you to something incredible. Right. Um, and so that I think that's part of the hardest part of discipleship is is being intentional enough, being aware of enough to not take the easy road of Hey, so what'd you think of, you know, how are the things in your garden? You know, not that having a conversation about your garden right. aren't, aren't necessarily, but, but more importantly, how are things in your heart? Right. How are things in your mind? How are things in the way that you're treating your husband or your kids or those sorts of really hard, tough questions? And that doesn't happen on a Sunday morning. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Hey, how you doing? Mm -mm. How you been? Mm -hmm. Right? Exactly. It, it happens on you have to create the space. Mm -hmm, exactly. And I think that is uh, super hard yes. because being able to be that open with yeah. someone, um, it, you have to create that space for that person to be able to open up and have the time right. and not being thinking about right. you know, 10,000 other things. What am I going to make for dinner? And right. You have right. to be present. You do. you do. And that's hard. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. that that is hard, especially in a society that everything's like, doo, 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 let's, right, right. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. This forces us to slow down and to be reflective yeah. um, and to ask those hard questions and allow the Holy Spirit to just go, eh, e you know, yeah. because because the mission is so great. We have such a high calling and and we can either just fly through our, our years here on this earth and not accomplish what we have set up to be, or we can allow people into our lives who can ask us the hard questions so that we can bring as many people along as possible. Right. Right. Um, so a long time ago, <clears throat> I, um, 
heard it say that you should always have a Paul and a Timothy mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to encourage everybody uh, to do that because yeah. discipleship, yes, it is all about, you know, taking people from point A to point B, mm -hmm. point B being heaven, um, you know, and point A being either when they're baby Christians or pre-Christianity. But you can't do that work if you're not having someone speaking truth in your life. Absolutely. Right. Um, <clears throat> because God doesn't only use the Bible. He uses people. Right. 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 To, to be like, hey. Yeah. Hey. Um, because when we are in proximity to others, when we are eye to eye and needing, like you said, on a Sunday morning, I can be like, hey, you know, yeah. but when we sit this close, um, there's a lot of things that I can't hide. Right. Right. And, and there's a lot of things that, that can be brought to the light of the surface, the, the surface so that, so that it can be dealt with. Um, so that again, it's all about shaping our character to be more like Jesus. That's what it means to be a disciple. Mm -hmm. And then being in those relationships, one-on-one, -on -one, one on two, or, or something like that, where that, where you can really be what the Proverbs talk about, iron sharpening iron. Yeah. Um, you can't do that if you aren't knee to knee, eye to eye, heart to heart type. Right, thing. <clears throat> right. In in the mud, you know, with shackles put together. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Um, right. Because, and I have actually started <clears throat> doing this within the last year or so. Um, I have been intentional about just sitting down when I get to church. Mm -hmm. So I get to church and I want to sit down and really focus in what the church service is going to be and just really focus on getting my heart to that place mm -hmm. and not so much the business of, I have to say hi to everybody. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so what I've been doing is I sit and I just kind of, poof, but then I spend the rest of the week reaching out to those people mm -hmm. that I would have normally reached mm -hmm. out on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, because I found that I would get to church and it was so important to say hi to everybody <laughs> and like have all these little mini conversations. And it's like that, that doesn't, yeah. that just doesn't. Yeah. Um, so I encourage you guys to go ahead and be intentional yeah. about your relationships. And, and that starts with your relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if I <clears throat> go into church with the desire and the idea of, meeting all these people and talking to all these people versus going into church with the desire of meeting Christ. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. there's a huge difference. There. Yeah. Um, and you can do the, hi, how you doing with everybody? You know, especially now we have texts. Yeah. Like it takes 30 seconds to send a text. Yeah. Um, so, all right, now let's get into this misconception. Okay. All right. Um, so Biggest misconceptions. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Um, biggest misconceptions. Number one, it just happens. Yeah. That's the biggest misconception. It's just going to happen. Um, no, it, it doesn't. We are creatures who like to take the path of least resistance. And discipleship is hard. Yeah. Um, putting yourself out there to say, hey, I see in you where you are... Um, uh, uh, you're, you're more connected in prayer or you understand your Bible more than I do, or you have a relationship with your husband that I wish I had. Mm -hmm. Would you consider meeting with me to help me to grow in that? That's a lot. That's huge. Yeah. As far as putting yourself out there with 
the possibility of rejection or no or whatever. Yeah. Um, making yourself vulnerable. Um, it, it just happens. Oh, yeah. You know, I have people around and they're just following me. Not necessarily. Not um, and so saying to somebody who you see has the potential to do incredible things for Christ or somebody you see who's struggling a little bit and having the courage to go. So I don't have all my stuff together, yeah. but would you be interested in meeting with me like to get coffee, like maybe once a month so we can talk about um, things, Jesus things, yeah, um, real life things and how to grow in our relationship with Christ. Um, and again, that's putting yourself out there to go. They might think a, that you're prideful and arrogant because who are you coming to me yes. and saying that you have everything. Um, or they might go, Oh no, I don't need that. Or why are you coming? Cause your life's a mess. <laughs> why would I think, <laughs> you know? Um, so it doesn't just happen. Yeah. It has to be. And even once you have those relationships formed, it's really easy to devolve back to the, so how was your week? You know, what'd you eat for supper? Yeah. What are you making for dinner tomorrow night? You know, how are the kids? Oh, I've had a headache. Oh, the, you know, it's yeah. really easy to go to that instead of pressing into what is Jesus teaching you? What is the last thing you read in your Bible? And what are you doing about it? Right. Oh my goodness. You asked those questions over coffee, completely different conversation. And I like what you said um, about real life. Um and I think about this often, you know, we, we think of real life as in, you know, the physical things that we see and we have and um, what we're doing. But in reality, real life is from conception to eternity, yeah. right? So why are we talking about like coffees and dinners when it's like this much right. of reality, right? Right. Because right. we're eternal beings, right? And what has the significance? What am I making for dinner? Right. Or what was the last thing you read in the scriptures and, and how did it impact you? Right. Goodness gracious. That's a completely different conversation. Yeah. Um, and I think in our culture, we are programmed. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm using that word correctly. Um, to be very surface. Mm -hmm. You know, if I don't let you in, then you don't know my ugly, mm -hmm. then I'm safe. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um when in the scripture, it says, I want you to see my ugly right, right. so that whenever I do something right, you know, it's not me, but it's Christ right, that right. does it through me. Right, right. Um, so I think that that's, uh, for me, that's a big misconception yeah. of let me put all these pretty walls yeah. and yeah. talk about real life right, right. versus let me be open. Let me be real. And transparent. Right. So that Jesus can actually do the Trains work. me. Right. Touch the people around us. Um, I think a couple of other misconceptions is that discipleship only happens on Sunday morning. Um, there is, I love Sunday morning and there is purpose in Sunday morning. Um, but in Sunday morning, I can't have the conversations that are, that are real, um, that go to that deeper level. And so discipleship, yes, part of discipleship happens Sunday morning, the part of exuberant worship of coming together of the entire body of, of exalting his name of being um, uh, challenged by the word being preached. But yet 
I have trouble working that out on a Sunday morning unless I'm in relationship and conversation with somebody somewhere else outside yeah. of that who can say, this is what pastor said on Sunday. Um, this is this is where the Holy Spirit is kind of like going, mm, yeah, we need to work on that a little yeah. bit. Um, because we're not going to stand up on a Sunday morning and go, oh, pastor, um, God's telling that, me. That tells me. That talks to me. Yeah. Right. We, we just cannot do that. And so discipleship, Sunday morning has a place in discipleship, but Sunday morning is not discipleship. You guys should see this woman on a Sunday morning. You remind me of like a little bumblebee. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the energy I pray for you. So often. many conversations to have. <laughs> so many people to encourage and connect like, with and welcome and know their names and stuff like that. You like, know. <laughs> I'm tired for you. But yeah, um, just having that, that intentionality, I think I keep going back to that word because yeah. it is so key, not just having the intentionality of making the space and having the talks and, but being aware that sometimes you're going to be like, Hey, listen, mm -hmm. I know you love Jesus, mm -hmm. but this is what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And this is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Where are those you? are hard conversations, you know, but you those are iron sharpening iron conversations because in the same moment I have to approach that with humility. Right. Um, and I have to make sure that I'm not doing it out of pride or spite or anything like that. My character has to be aligned with scripture as I come to you and yeah and call you to to what jesus is calling um i think another couple of misconceptions are that discipleship is only for new believers yeah um, you kind of you kind of address that discipleship starts before conversion um and it's and it is for new believers but it is also for the seasoned veteran because frankly until we reach heaven we all have work to do we all have places to grow we all have places that are that are um uh, have not yet been yielded to Jesus. And so discipleship helps us to become the best version of who God has created us to be. Um, and so that was, would be another um, misconception. Then I think the last one is that discipleship is a program, you know, yeah. uh, that if I, if I follow A, B, C, D, and this is the path of discipleship, um, <laughs> my experience of, of working with many, many women in many, many different contexts of discipleship is the path of discipleship looks more like a bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> Right? You know, right. Um, because life is just messy um, and things happen and you take a couple of steps forward, you make a couple of steps backwards, you go sideways for a bit, you come back, but you're always coming back to the central truth of who Jesus is and what he wants out of our lives. Um, <clears throat> and so, yes, it is messy. And yes, it, are there resources out there who that can help guide you yeah. as you are discipling someone? Absolutely. Um, I'll plug, uh, there's a resource called, a resource called the purple book that's what okay. it's called the purple book okay um and it basically is more for that new believer who still has a lot to learn but it talks about um adam and eve and sin and salvation and what is prayer and what is the you know just yeah. all the tenets of what it means to be a disciple follower of jesus um it's a fantastic book um that can be used but the book isn't the the goal yes the conversation that the book gets you into is right. the goal Right. Um, so I was having a conversation with a person and, you know, I have tons of books. So I let her borrow a book to start conversations with her 10 year old. 
And she was like, I feel like this is too much for it. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Read it and whatever he gets, he'll yeah. get. Right. And then he'll have questions. Right. And those conversations is what you're looking for. And then we got, you know, together again. And she was like, well, we kind of ditched the book, mm -hmm. but we created that space yep. because of the book. Um, and now he's coming to me with questions. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. that's what it's about. That's the whole point. That's the yeah. point, right? right? Is create grabbing those resources um, so you can create that space. It's almost like the resources become the guardrails on the road, yes. right? That if we if we don't know where the path is, it helps give us a path. But once we're on the path, then it help. You know, yeah. it, we don't necessarily need those. Yeah. But if you're looking for something, recommend that. Yeah. Okay. And I'll put a link. I think we got paused. Ooh, what's going on? <laughs> That's a great picture. <laughs> okay. I think we're back. Yes, we're back. We're back. <laughs> we are back. <laughs> All right. So if you stayed with us after that, I don't know how long that break is going to be. I'm going to try to edit it out. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. If not, um, you know, you just, I hope you hung in there. <laughs> All righty. Let's keep going. <laughs> um, uh. So just kind of... Um, the, going back to the discipleship being a program, yeah, you know, it doesn't happen on an ABC mm -mm. thing. Mm -mm. It happens in a in a life to life, yeah, in the muck, yeah, because um, that's where we're supposed to live yeah, with each exactly. other. Yeah, exactly. Isn't exactly. That muck? Isn't exactly. That crazy. Um, and I think one of the things that I look at whenever I look at Jesus and his disciples was he wasn't looking for the pre-dip disciples mm -hmm. or the perfect, you know, mm -hmm. he wasn't looking for those people that were like, Ooh, they already, this is going to be a good poster boy. Right. <laughs> they didn't already have their act together. Right. If you look at his disciples, they didn't have their act together. And some of them betrayed him. And yeah. some of them, uh, well, all of them walked out on him in the moment that he needed them most. And, and I think that's also, if we can, if we can circle back to the question of what is the hardest part about discipleship is sometimes it is messy yeah. and sometimes it does hurt because you pour your life into somebody for a couple of years and then for whatever reason they decide to walk out of your life um and that's hard yeah um but it doesn't keep you from continuing to make disciples who yeah. make disciples yeah i think there's a reason why that verse was put in uh if they they're not rejecting you they're rejecting me mm -hmm. jesus talking about you know the disciples creating new disciples he was like, no, 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 dust, dust the feet off your feet. Right, right. Because they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. Right. Uh, because we do take it personal because it is so interconnected. Oh, yes. yes. With our lives. Yes. Um, that it feels very, very personal. Yeah. But it shouldn't be. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not there yet. <laughs> me neither. Me neither. I, I am not there yet. Um, but, you know, I might never understand it this side of heaven. That's anyways, true. Right? So we do our best. Yeah. All right, so um, I wanted to talk about the local church versus missionaries. Mm -hmm. So there's, I think, a, a, an idea that only missionaries are doing the, you know, uh, make disciples of all the nations, yeah. right? Because they're yeah. in other nations. Um, but what do you think is like the biggest difference or the similarities between the local church and 
the, the missionaries? Um, you know, when we look at that verse in Matthew 28, 19, and it says, go into all the world. Um, my understanding is the, that word go into the, all the world is actually, if it's, if it's translated properly is as you are going do this. So as you are at your play date with your, with your moms, with the, with the littles running yeah. around, as you are folding laundry and talking to your, your child, as you are driving Uber or as you are at the workplace or as you are, as you are, as you are, as you are, that is where you're to be making disciples. Does God call some people specifically to go to other nations to take the, absolutely. And he calls you mom, you dad, you sister, you aunt, you whatever to disciple those that are in your sphere of influence. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think sometimes church with a capital C does have this misconceptions of discipleship as programming, but I think more often than not, those who really catch what discipling happens, it happens below the radar and church doesn't know that it's happening. Yeah. So where, you know, two guys meet at Chick-fil-A before they go to work so that they could talk about their lives and how they need to live it out for Jesus. That's discipleship, but home church may never know that that's happening. Yes. Type of thing. Um, so, and, and that happening at Chick-fil-A or whatever um, is, is most likely is, is more, I think, the purest form of what discipleship looks like than any program that could be created. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but I think the idea of, you know, if you have littles, uh, that is your ministry, mm -hmm. right? Your husband and your kids mm -hmm. are your first ministry. Mm -hmm. And no, it's not wasted years. Mm -mm. It's on the contrary. You are creating those disciples. Absolutely. You are, you know, you're, you're, um, and with your family because they know, you know, you, Yeah. right. They like, oh, yeah. know, you know, you, right. So they know the, the face that you put whenever you're in public and who you really are. Right. Um, and those are the people that are going to be impacted the most mm -hmm. because, they know you mm -hmm. and they can see, okay, this is her mm -hmm. in reality. Okay. That was, that was Jesus. Right. And they, and they get to see you 24 seven, much mm -hmm. as Jesus modeled for his disciples 24 yeah. seven, what the character and values of the kingdom of God was. And so you, as a mom of littles, um, you have the opportunity to instill those same character and values and traits into them. So that you build a foundation so that when they, can stand for themselves, then they're able to stand um, with a firm foundation right. that you have built in those early years. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, to the moms of kids that have walked away, uh, don't be discouraged. No, it's still no, not. It's still it's there. Still there. Uh, God does not let you labor in vain. Right. right. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So, um, just there's hope. And as long as we have breath, we have work to do. Absolutely. So just keep on keeping on. Um, mom of crazy kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm cheating off your notes. I okay. have to turn something off. Um, why do you think people refrain mm. from this? Because it's an obvious calling, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus was mm -hmm. not tiptoeing about this concept he mm -hmm. was he was like very direct this is what i want you to do yeah i'm leaving 
but this is what your job is. Yeah. Like, I called it marching orders. Yeah. Right. It, it's like we have no way around it. Yeah. We're all called to do this. So why do you think people keep themselves from doing so? I think there, um, there are two main reasons. The one is an individual thing. Um, I can't. Mm -hmm. I don't know enough. I haven't been trained enough. Um, what if somebody were to ask me a question that I don't know how to answer? Um, and so that insecurity kind of fear, I think that, I think that drives, um, um, if I were a better Christian, then I could disciple somebody else. So I, I think that's kind of one vein is kind of that fear insecurity. The other vein is actually, I think the church as a whole. Um, and I mean, I mean the church kind of big church, mm -hmm. um, has done a really poor job of modeling this. Yes. And so many of us have grown up not knowing what this looks like because we haven't had anybody, we haven't had any Pauls pouring into us yes. other than go to church on Sunday, listen to the pastor preach, maybe go to a small group or a Bible study some other time during the week. But we really haven't had a mentor pouring into us. So this is almost a foreign concept to us. And I, I know it was for me when I started this journey 15, 20 years ago of going, but what does it mean to make disciples? I've never had anybody do that to me. Right. You know, type of thing. And so I think those are the two things, the two hurdles, the two initial hurdles that need to be overcome. And the way I would speak to it is go pray and then jump right in. Uh, because God's not looking for perfection in this. Um, he's looking for obedience. Right. Right. And so to say to somebody, hey, God's really been working in my life. And I think he might be calling me to step into discipling somebody. And, you know, would you want to maybe sit down once a week or once a month and talk about spiritual things with yeah. me? That's that's how it starts. Yeah. And then you go from there and you listen to the Holy Spirit and then you begin to get traction and then and then you grow you grow into what you think you need to be in order to be to <laughs> right. start it. Um, it's kind of one of those things that I would just say, start somewhere, any anywhere. Yeah. Um, and and maybe come if we can kind of circle back to the the mom with the kids, okay. Um, that is your mission field. That those are your disciples. So how can you bring a bit of intentionality? into those conversations. Um, are you doing devotions with your kids? If you're not, that's an easy place to start. Just say, hey, once a week, um, we're on Friday nights, before everybody goes to bed, we're gonna sit down, we're gonna do devotions as a family. Just little teeny small steps yeah. and then build from there, okay? We've been doing that for four weeks now on Fridays. Now we're gonna do it on Taco Tuesdays and, and Family yeah. Fridays, you know? And you begin to build from there. Um, or if you're already doing um, uh, devotions with your family, how can you take it to the just the next level? Um, or if you have older teenagers, how can you encourage your older teenagers as you have these spiritual conversations to say, who is it that you can pour into? Right. Um, because, again, if we have a lack of modeling in the church, then those of us who are making disciples need to be encouraging those behind us, even if they're our own children, to be who are you discipling? Because right. I think that's also a misconception. Well, I can't disciple until I'm an adult or yeah, I'm too uh, young for that. Right. No, if you're, if you're 14, 15 and you love Jesus, find somebody who's 12 or 13 and pour into them yeah. um, or pour into your peers, you know, any of those sorts of things. I think that's, that's some of the barriers. Is, yeah. And I think um, it could even be 
you know, you were talking about let's have let's sit down and have conversations about Jesus. But it can be even before that of just creating a space for someone to come hang out. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's start doing life together. Yeah. And you're gonna get Jesus sprinkled in because right. Jesus is part of our life. Right. 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 So if you just come on over and uh we were talking about this with Alana, which was my last interview, um, that she just does life with me, mm-hmm. you know, and she gets Jesus because Jesus is part of my life. Right. right. Um, and she has gotten to the place to where she just expects that mm-hmm. and she's okay with that. And, you know, I think that is like the very basic foundation of this discipleship idea is letting people be comfortable mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. because if they can be comfortable with you, then they're getting to see Jesus mm-hmm. in that, mm-hmm. you know, and eventually you'll get to, okay, let's have a Bible study. Right. Or right. But I mean, even with Alana, which is a non-believer in my life, I talk about Jesus all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And because he is part of my life, he is such a big part of my, he is my life. Right. You know, right. there's no way that I'm going to have you over or have a coffee with you and you're not going to get, and Jesus. you're not going to hear because that is truly coming back all the way at the top of the, the hour. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. As I'm following Christ, if I truly am following Christ, then when people look at me, hopefully they see Jesus. Or at least the sprinkles of them. Right, right. right. I, I won't be perfect. Right. But there will be qualities of me that people go, I've never met somebody as kind as you are. I've never met somebody as loving as you are. And they know. Yeah that's because you love Jesus. And, and, and hopefully they are attracted to that, to the point that they go, you know what? I want to be that too. I want to, want I want to have that too. I want more of that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think on this idea of people refraining, I would just say, start by being yourself, find out who you are yeah. in Christ. Let's start there. Yeah. <laughs> um, figure out who you are in Christ and what he has called you to do. But then just surround yourself with people and find someone that will pour into your life. I would say that, too, is that if you are finding yourself going, oh, I want to do this, but I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay, then go to somebody say, God's really calling me to this or God's really challenging me to this. Can we have coffee and talk about this? Yeah. You know, type of thing. Um, And find that person who's just one or two steps ahead of you who you can say, Hey, can we meet once a month for me to bounce ideas about what I'm learning from, from Jesus? Because as you are poured into, if you're actually being who God wants you to be, you can't help but pour that into somebody else. Now that kind of goes against the whole intentionality thing. But if you really understand that, then you realize the purpose of that and you want to pour that into somebody else. And so you'll be intentional about it. Yeah. And then the other thing with that is, um, you know, finding someone to disciple you doesn't mean that you're going to tell them all your dirty love. No. Right. No. <laughs> like, like this is not, they don't, they don't have to know, like you don't have to no. have this no. long conversation no. of who you were before. Right. We're not talking about testimony. No, we're just talking about sitting down and being like, Hey, this is what I'm learning. Could you yeah. help me? Um, for me, the I, I went to church for like five years and God basically stopped me from making connections, mm. uh, which is part of my testimony. But uh, fast forward five years, 
And I am not one person that goes and introduces herself to anyone. You know this. <laughs> um, so at church, I, I'm I'm not because I'm not an extroverted person that goes in. Um, but this one lady walked in the church that I was going to at that time, and God was like, "Go talk to her." And I was mm-hmm. like, "I don't want to go talk to her." But she was big and pregnant, so it was so cute. And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna go!" So I went, and I didn't know that this person was gonna be so pivotal. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I met this lady, her name's Larissa, and, you know, I went to her because she was big pregnant and God told me to, and I was like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing, you look so cute, and we started talking, and she had been a Christian her whole life, Mm -hmm. and she basically wrapped me around her, Mm -hmm. and we did life together, like, we would get together, like, two, three times a week, and it was so cool, because it was we had Bible studies, but it was like in her day-to-day mm-hmm. things, like she would bake bread and be like, oh, thank you, Lord, for the bread. You know, yeah. like we would come over and she would like, I have something that I can put together for you, you know, and and we just did life together. And to this day, she she is the one person that at 3 a.m. I mm-hmm. can call and be like, mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. I don't know what God wants me to do with this. And she'll yeah. be like, I don't know either, but let me pray about that. Yeah. You know, and so it's that relational deep-rooted stuff is what we're looking for. All right. So closing up. Okay. Closing up. Um, My last question was, what is your advice to young Christians that are not plugged in, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about new baby Christians, Mm -hmm. but I'm talking about younger people that find themselves in this awkward, I'm not a kid, but I'm not an adult. Yeah. And I have not yet plugged. Yeah. Um, I wrote down um, with a question mark, come to our church. <laughs> um, I love my church. Um, I love our church. Um, right. We have a fantastic church. And if you're in the area and you want to plug in, come see us. Um, and we'll we'll meet you and I'll, we'll make you feel like you're home. Um, and I say that jokingly, um, realizing that not everybody's going to like our church or even be, there's going to be people listening to this who aren't in Leland. Um, it's really, yeah, it's really important to find a body of believers to plug into um, and to put yourself out there. Um, it's about the intentionality. Um, we as humans want people to come to us and make us feel comfortable. Yes. And yes, we have a responsibility to do that, but at the same time, take a risk take a step out and say, I'm here. I want to plug in. Um, And so finding those connections are really important, whether it's in a church. um, You know what? If you're in a place where the the best church on the block doesn't have anybody in your demographic, then you be who you wish was there. Right. um, Type of thing. Um, Be Jesus. Um, You know, and, and that comes from, making sure you're in the Bible, making sure you're praying, make sure you're worshiping on your own, um, those sorts of things. Um, and then ask God to find, to, to put in your path that one person. Yes. I'll, I'll just give you one, one quick antidote. Um, so uh, about eight years ago, um, I was, I had uh, 
ended a discipling relationship with a person that had moved on. And so I had some space and, um, and it was about three month time period where, you know, I really wasn't intentionally discipling anybody. And I just felt the nudge of the Holy spirit going, it's time, it's time. And I said, okay, fine. I said, but I don't, I'm looking around the congregation going, I don't know who is my next disciple. I said, so you're going to have to literally bring her to me and no kidding. The next Sunday, um, we finish up the worship set and I'm thinking, okay, God, um, who is it? Who am I supposed to disciple? And I'm looking around the congregation. I don't see anybody that, you know, my heart's drawn to or whatever. So I walk back to the back of the, the auditorium and I'm just standing there talking to somebody and no kidding, this uh, young 20 something year old, she walks up to me and she says, um, I have a question for you. That's going to seem out of the blue, but would you consider discipling me? I about <laughs> fell on the floor. I can't, I can't make that up. Right. 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 I said, God, will you bring someone to me? Because I don't know who it is. And literally that next time, next time I worship yeah. this young lady, uh, Katie was her name and I love her to pieces. Um, I wish she didn't move to Tennessee. Um, um, but, you know, for the next two years, I was able to pour into Katie until she moved away to Tennessee. And it was it was God ordaining that relationship. And so if you are in a place where you are having trouble feeling connected, then God knows that. So just talk to him about that and say, this is what I really desire. Will you open up the doors for me to connect with somebody who can pour into me and help me grow in my faith? And that's a prayer that God will honor because that's a prayer that that follows his own heart and will for your life. So that would be my biggest encouragement. Yeah. 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 Um, so the purple book that you were talking about, yep. I'll find a link for it yep. and add it to the yep. thing. I'm also going to put a link to our church just in case you want to come check it out. Come see me. <laughs> come see her. She's a lot of fun to be around. Um, um, the person who's like running around like this, that's probably me. <laughs> that's her. Um, and then I just want to encourage you guys. It doesn't have to be complicated. Mm -mm. It, it's very simple. Um, yeah. Just. Get out there and be open and available. Right. Absolutely. Um, do yeah. something. Do something. With someone. I think. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. So that is going to be it for today. Thanks for having me on. This has been fun. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. This it is a blast. was a lot of fun. Yeah. As cool. usual. She's, she's a lot of fun. All right, you guys. Okay. And I will see you next week.